Hey Outlaws, welcome to this week's episode. As promised, we have a guest. Today, we are joined by Ali Knight. Ali is an intuitive soul coach, an empowerment alchemist. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, could we be any more similar? Her mission is to help you live your truth. Ali guides you to find the joy that comes from giving yourself permission to be, do, and have whatever you truly desire. By connecting deeply within and building from foundations of integrity and self-honesty, you will be empowered to honor your soul, your spirit, your inner wisdom. You. And she's a fucking Aquarius. Like, we are going to be having an incredible conversation today, all about truth. And I wanted to just let you little let you know a little bit about how Ali and I met. So Ali and I knew each other in the online space first, like so many of my relationships have. And we actually first met in real life this past November when I attended her retreat in Roscollin. You may remember that I did a whole episode shortly after returning from that retreat about my key takeaways. And as I said in that episode, I went into that weekend not knowing what to expect. I didn't know what I wanted to leave with or without. And then what came up for me during that weekend was really, really interesting. And those mindset blocks like kind of came up against they encouraged me to dig into some really crunchy areas of my personal development that I didn't even realize I'd been neglecting. So thanks for that. Um, But this is why I'm really looking forward to having the conversation with Ali today and introducing her to you guys because her and I oh sorry she had a great habit of just making me cry at the retreat. Like When I tell you that I came home and was just very much moved by the whole experience, but not only that, I was just very much moved by her presence. Having known somebody in the online space and then knowing knowing bits about their, you know, their work and what they do, and then meeting them in real life and just having some kind of there was some kind of presence, and I talk about this a bit in today's episode with Ali, but there was something about her when I when I started to talk to her, I was like opening up and sharing things that I don't often share with people, especially people that I only just met. I'm very guarded. Hello, I am a January Aquarius. And I found myself being very open with her, being very honest with her, Um, she had a great habit of making me cry and talking about things I didn't know needed to be expressed. Every time she'd look at me, that was it. I was like, my lips were quivering and I was tears streaming, but there was no tears during our conversation. Thank God. Um, but it was a really powerful conversation and you will hear some really powerful parts of her, her story and her experience. And she really shares her truth with us and is very honest about her own experiences and shares some incredible tips and tools and resources to connect with yourself and to build from there. So sit back and enjoy this interview with Ali Knight. 
You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks. Each week, we'll sit down and have the honest, transparent, and sometimes messy conversations about what it takes to build and grow a successful and fulfilling soul-aligned business on your own terms. Here at Entrepreneurial Outlaws, we advocate for building a business that serves your lifestyle, inspiring you to rewrite the usual business rules and take action through creativity and self-inquiry. We'll encourage and gently challenge you to dig deeper into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, self-published author, mentor, and storyteller. I'm here to help you unpack the bro marketing strategies and entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions, because overthinking is a feminist issue. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online business. So are you ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Ali, welcome to Entrepreneurial Outlaws. I am really, really looking forward to chatting with you today. Um, I am so very excited to be here. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine how long this may go on for. We could talk for years, but um, we would just say we're both talkers. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. You do feel free to, to um, you know, suggest I move on if necessary. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't suggest that we that anybody speeds up the volume because I talk so quickly. I'm like, don't do that. No, <laughs> I'll just sound like really squeaky. Also, I really think. Do you know that's a, that's just fascinating that that's just come in. I think I know lots of people who listen to audiobooks and speed them up, and I think yeah. I think it's so important to take actually slow them down, let those words land. Yeah, because they yeah. come with energy, don't they? They do, and I think. When you see if we've just gone off a complete tangent, but yeah. when you speed things up, is what well, I did that accidentally. I didn't even realize. And I was thinking, what is going on with this mm. podcast? And it sounded so bizarre. And I couldn't keep up. I couldn't, it, nothing was going in because it was just that much faster. And I feel like, love this tangent, I feel like the idea of speeding up a podcast or a, a book is just feeding into that like idea of like toxic productivity. Oh my God. I was just about to say exactly the same thing. It completely full tips us back into that trap of faster, faster, more, 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 busier, busier, busier. That's the only yeah. marker of success. It's bullshit. Because I see people... Oh <laughs> Welcome dear. to Am this I... episode. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, but when I see people who do like TBR lists, like to be read and book reading videos and things and they're reading like four books at once my brain would not be able to cope with that but not only that it's like they're forcing themselves to do it just to like have a certain number yeah maybe and you know fine if that that really they really love it great cool but i'm i'm like "Mm, where is that line between getting joy from reading a book and falling in love with those characters or Mm. learning about something new and picking it back up and going back to certain pages versus just doing it to fill a quota. Yeah, or doing it to fill a hunger for or a thirst for knowledge, but missing the opportunity to implement or apply that knowledge. Um, yeah. Because it's only, you know, information. Otherwise, if we don't use it or put it into practice, then we miss we miss a trick, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I, all, I have been very guilty of that over the number of years that I've been reading, but I'm trying not to be. <laughs> yeah, anymore. and I mean, 
I think for me, reading has always been something I've struggled with in terms of um, feeling like I had to read certain books, especially as a business owner. It was like, Mm. you have to read self-development. You have to read personal growth. And my first year of business, I had a business coach who had like a monthly book club. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, and there were so many people who were reading each book each month. And I could just never get into any of those books. And it's only in the last year that I fell in love with reading again. Yeah. And I'm reading a completely different genre, a genre that I'd never picked up before. And I'm like, where has this been all my life? <laughs> I love that. But, I, but you know, it's, it's, it's like also a journey. You're learning a bit more about yourself as you read these books because you know what you now like and what stands out for you. And I feel like every time I read a new book, I'm learning a little bit more about myself, even though it's not a personal development book. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's that you're learning more and more about your truth. Yeah. Which nice segue is exactly what we're going to be talking about today you see what we did there which was totally unintentional i love it i love it so okay so today we are going to be talking about truth i think that's probably a common theme that's going to come up in today's episode um and i really want to dig in and just allow every outlaw listening to learn more about you to learn more about your story Because I think it is such a reminder for all of us that we have a truth and sometimes we're not always listening. We're not aware of what it is. I think there's lots of layers to this. And I I think you're probably going to take us on a wild journey where we're going to see some of those different layers. So would you just kind of dive in and share a little bit about how you reached this point and where you are in your life? Sure. Living your truth. Sure. So... It's first thing to say is it's taken me a very long time to get to this point. I'm what? How old am I? Um, 46. And whilst I have never had any capacity to lie, as in I literally can't do it, the words stop forming as they're like stop coming out of my mouth as they're even trying to formulate themselves. I, I can't, I can't tell an untruth to save my life. And that does get me in trouble sometimes. Um, but it's taken me a long time to embody my truth in a way that my life now far more resembles the root of who I am and what I'm here to do and what I love and what I'm passionate about. And it has been a massive journey to get there. I think primarily because I was completely unaware back in the day that there was even such a thing called conditioned thinking or that the thoughts and the opinions and the some of the beliefs that I had I never thought to necessarily question them I, they were just that's what I understood my life was or what I understood my life to be about but it wasn't until I started on um a sort of self-discovery journey I suppose that I started to understand that a lot of what was going on in my head was not at all aligned with who I am. Now, I've always known that I'm a little bit different. So like classic, typical Aquarius rebel. Um, yes, I Aquarius. Like, yeah, I like to, do, as you know, I like to do things my own way. And I like Hell to do yes, things do. differently. And I don't, I actually really enjoy not fitting the mould. And I've always had that tendency. I've always been a bit like that. I couldn't, I've not ignored it. I mean, I was the first person in the 90s to own a pair of velour striped trousers, which at the time 
everybody wanted to be a little bit sick in their mouth about. But I absolutely loved them and I wore them with pride and I completely <laughs> embraced the fact that they were utterly ridiculous and I was quite all right with that. Um, were these the ones with the poppers up the side? No, they were just like really cool, flared, um, a bit like tracksuit bottoms, but made of velour and stripy. Um, Love it. So not at all in keeping with, you know, the fashion at the time, but nevertheless, <laughs> all them I did. Um so there's been lots of, there's been lot, I suppose what I'm saying is there's been lots of snippets of my truth that have come out throughout my life and that I've been very much living in integrity with myself, if you like. But there was so much that was out of alignment with who I was. Mm-hmm. So I have had, I've been on a whole journey in the last, I would say, probably 14, 15 years of really having to dig very deep and discover more about who I am and that all really started from a place of deep distress and discomfort so I was experiencing um extreme anxious thinking I was um starting to be so constrained with worry that I then began to try and control all outcomes as the only way I could feel safe um and this this sort of happened over a period of time. It it chimes in with when I was um, pregnant with my first daughter, and I'm a type one diabetic, and everything is very very tightly controlled when you're pregnant and have mm. diabetes. And so there was all this scrutiny and fear and worry that we were that was told to me every two weeks for the three hours that I sat in clinic about how um, what I did and how I li- behaved and how I lived and what I did with my blood sugars could or or um, might risk the health of my unborn baby. Um, and so that's that's kind of where I track it back to where it started. But at the same time, I had a number of life events that were also contributing to a really quite uncomfortable time. So my mum was showing very early signs of memory problems and was having lots of investigations. She was latterly diagnosed with Alzheimer's um, couple of years after my first child was born so at that very time when you kind of need your support system around you mine was um failing through no fault of their own yeah <laughs> but um all of a sudden I think I probably felt very unsafe in the world and had no to be fair had no bloody clue about how to be a parent even though I'd had yeah. that modeled to me so beautifully by my own parents um so I tried to recreate what I'd experienced as a child and I did a great job of it, but there was lots about it that felt really icky and sticky and didn't quite align with who I was. Um, and I tell this long story short, I tell this this story about um, how the day that I chose to stop ironing was a pivotal day in my life. Now, this is like only <laughs> about only about six, seven years ago. I realised yeah. by then, married two kids. Um, I realised that the only ironing I was doing in that in uh, every Sunday night, as I did it, was everybody else's clothes. I didn't wear clothes mm. that needed ironing because why would you? Um, no. Yeah, there I was in this very sort of conditioned, very patriarchal um, energy of well. I should I should be the one to make sure that my husband's work shirts were ironed and I should be the one mm. to make sure that my kids' school uniform was ironed because, hell, you can't possibly send your kids to school in creased clothes. Um, and I suddenly had this, like, 
bomb drop on me like what the hell are you doing you're standing there in utter resentment ironing everything else that belongs to everybody else and you are doing this to yourself and it was like Mm. it knocked me sideways so that day I down tools stopped ironing announced that I was stopping ironing and had to not care about other people's responses um and that was kind of the beginning of this then huge wave of starting to really feel into who I was and step much more into alignment with who I am at soul level or like a core self level, if you like. Um, and I had to do an awful lot of work to witness the anxiety and the anxious thinking that I was experiencing, to look at where I was colluding with some of what was tricky and uncomfortable and dissatisfying in my life. I was in a job I didn't love. I was revolving my whole life around everybody else and their needs. And then, as I say, sitting in resentment about that and wondering why life felt so difficult when actually if you looked at it from the outside in, I had everything I had thought that I wanted. But Mm -hmm. as it turns out, that wasn't really what I wanted. It wasn't enough. Um, And that's a hugely scary uncomfortable realisation to come to. Um, And so I was almost, um, I don't want to say forced, but I I literally had had to decide, am I going to choose life on my terms? Am I going to choose me or am I going to choose everybody else? And things got so uncomfortable. I felt I had no choice but to choose me. Otherwise I was going under. Um, And I see this in my clients time and time again, and it might be to varying degrees and affecting people in various different ways. But we have so many of us find ourselves living in a situation that just doesn't work for us or doesn't feel good or doesn't bring us the joy and fulfillment that we really deserve in life, yet we stay there because it feels too hard to do things differently. So living in my truth has been all about challenging some very gently and sometimes quite in quite a big way, very gently and in in big ways, challenging some of that status quo and having to ask myself really challenging questions about, does this work for me? Does this feel good? And if the answer is no, then that shows us we need to be digging deeper, exploring further, not tipping over into panic but finding ways to either make things work for us or to do something completely differently. And so the more I have tiptoed into that, the more I've done it slowly but surely, the more I've done it in little ways and big ways, the more and more confidently I get to stand in my truth and be okay with that regardless of what anybody else thinks of me. And don't think for a minute I don't care about what people think. Of course I do. But I don't allow it to land anymore. So yeah. I'm really, I work really hard to be really strongly connected to my soul, to be connected within, so that I can operate and live from this place of truth. Because that's where our truth is. It's in our heart centre, it's in our soul space, it's in the very essence and spirit of who we are. It's not our label it's not our role it's not our responsibility it's not the things that we do our truth is who we are 
and we can we can choose to live life in any number of ways that honors who we are but that is a choice yeah and I think just I mean first of all thank you for sharing so much of your story because there are so many parts of that that I can resonate with from being an Aquarius and definitely standing in within my integrity and in areas of my life, but Mm. also losing parts of myself over time. Yeah. Coming back to, you know, that conditioned thinking and the ways in which we are told we are supposed to live, what Mm. we're supposed to want and the goals we're supposed to have or should have. And, you know, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that over the years, especially when I became a business owner. I've seen that as I became a mother, like, oh, no, actually, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I'm not that kind of, you know, I'm not going to put myself in that box. I'm not going to say I have to be that kind of mom or I have to be that kind of that wife or that human or that business owner or that person. I don't have to be any of these things because it comes back to, as you said, like being my truth and like Mm. what I want to be. Mm. And I think it is such a journey and there are just so many areas. And I think it can be so, you know, from, from my own personal journey of the last few years, especially really almost completely changing how I approach things, how I want to live my life even down to things like my hair color and the way, the way I dress, like mm. these things completely shifted, but I can see where they were actually maybe starting to be nurtured in yep. my teens yep. and then just completely cut off. Yes, like, that's so true. It was like trauma, grief, no, we have to, you know, we have to protect ourselves, like you said, and, I, and that was for me I, to protect myself, just fit in. Yes. Just try to fit in. Yes. I couldn't fit in if I freaking tried. You're <laughs> like, not meant to. None no, of us are meant to. <laughs> I saw an Aquarius meme the other day that said, it was like a text message meme and it said, sorry, I was really awkward the other day. I was trying to fit in, but it completely backfired. Yes, I saw that <laughs> I like, one too. I was like, that's so me. Absolutely. Like, me trying to fit in makes it more awkward. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned is, the fact that you were putting everyone else, like, you know, talking about the ironing, putting everyone else's needs first, doing ironing for everyone else, something that you didn't want to do and you resented. And I think that it can be so tough in life and business, and especially as women and people who identify as women, is putting ourselves first, is is knowing even sometimes what that looks like. Mm. Um, I always remember years ago when I was in some kind of toxic weight weight loss era of my life and I was obsessed with watching The Biggest Loser and I remember every time you would see these probably like women in their 50s, 60s who had kids who were now in their teens and in their 20s and every single time you saw them it was this story of they'd put everybody else first, mum did everything for us, she was a great mum and I always remember watching that thinking I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get to my 50s or 60s and feel crap about myself and feel like I haven't done things that I want to do because I've put everybody else first. And I always held on to that. And it's not always been easy or perfect, certainly. But I always kind of clung to that. And I'm wondering for anyone who's listening and feeling like their own needs are neglected, like they're not putting themselves first or they're burned out from taking care of everybody else. Mm. What would you what would be the first step or the first few steps to kind of acknowledging that and then putting themselves or shifting to a place where they're putting themselves first, even slowly and gently? 
Yeah. Well, the first thing to say is that it is entirely possible to put yourself first and not um, inconvenience someone else in the process. So we tend to think very dichotomously, don't we? Our brains Mm. like order, they like linear, they like logic. So we have come to assume through thousands of years of patriarchal conditioning that our particularly for women this is or those who identify as women but not not um exclusively so many of us have come to believe that it is our role to nurture others our role to um look out for everybody else and in that process we've somehow arrived at this conclusion that that means that we don't get to do that for ourselves it's like an either or scenario now I don't believe in either or at any level about anything. I'm a both and person. So the first thing to say is let's just just acknowledge that if you are falling into that trap of thinking that if you don't put yourself first, no, sorry, if you're going to put yourself first, that you will somehow be neglecting others. That's simply not true. It's not a fact There is a way to put yourself first and support and nurture others if that's what you choose to do, what you want to do. So the first step is to acknowledge that there's no dichotomy here. It can be all and everything, both and and. It isn't either or. It's not me or them. That just creates separation and that's not what we're here for. So if you're going to work through this logically which and it's okay to use logic we our minds are there for a reason but the first thing to do is to identify where in your life you are not putting yourself first and you can Mm. do this by simply tuning in what feels off what doesn't light you up what drains you what drains your energy what exhausts you what leaves you feeling dissatisfied and unfulfilled now don't get me wrong mopping the kitchen floor doesn't make me feel particularly fulfilled but it's something that I do have to do because I'm now single it's all on me (laughs) I can't get away (laughs) with it so I'm not saying we shouldn't do things that we don't want to do there's always things that we have to do that we don't want to do or would rather not do but I want you I want listeners to really tune into their body and tune into their energy you already know where you're not putting yourself first in life and it could be something as simple as you're so busy running the kids around to a million different after school activities that you never get a moment to even have a pee or a cup of tea or eat because you're so busy putting them first um it could be something as simple as always taking on the ed- extra projects at work because you know mm. you're capable and because people look to you because you're capable and because it means you know everyone else is overworked so you just take that on as a as a kind generous um way of being so you've got to identify where you're not putting yourself first that's the first place to start the other really important question and this is a tough one, is it's really important to ask yourself where you are colluding with that. Mm. So where are you buying into the narrative that is simply that it's just one narrative? Where are you buying into the narrative that you don't get to come first? 
that you're not as important as everybody else because you're putting them first. Because that's essentially what you're telling yourself. If you continue to put everybody's needs above your own, you're basically telling yourself and you're showing yourself that you are not worthy. You're not as important as everybody else. Says who? Again, that's not a fact. It's something that you are, you have been conditioned to think perhaps and that you are colluding with by staying in this status quo or this holding pattern. And then I would say the third thing is, where can you give yourself permission to do things differently? Because that permission piece is sometimes the biggest linchpin of change. Where can you start to feel into and ease into, actually, I count too. I'm important too. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it, (laughs) words, I think it's so (laughs) interesting because I feel like that colluding part in my experience has been the piece that I probably really avoid at all costs Mm -hmm. because I don't want to admit that I'm part of the problem. Of course not. It's really uncomfortable. It's it's so much easier to look externally. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, and this is, this is across the board for anything. It's so much easier to look outside of ourselves and say, well, this is happening and this is why I'm behaving in this way or this is why I'm doing this. It's like, yeah, that's one part of it. But also how we react, how we respond, how we go about, how we allow others to interact with us or the things that we offer to do, the things, the experiences, the ways in which we um, connect with other people, it's going to have an impact on how other people respond, how other people treat us, but also how we then see ourselves. Yeah. Um, because it, to me, it's, it's, it's also almost like that. Um, what is that quote that's saying, you know, mind what you, what is it? Mind your words because your brain is listening. I can't remember yeah. that, but that would butcher that completely, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like a version of that because of how we treat ourselves, how we speak to ourselves. If other people see that, it's like a permission to have that kind of relationship with us. And yeah. I'm, I'm so curious to know as well from, you know, from your own experience as well, and even with working with clients, as we start to recognize these areas where we are not living our truth where we are not putting ourselves first and where we're potentially colluding with that how can we shift that that perspective from well for example if i don't take my kid to after school whatever who's gonna do it or having those conversations with partners spouses husbands Mm. wives whoever it may be where it's like I need some help with this mm-hmm. and like positioning that conversation as well. Mm-hmm. What would your advice or tips be for that as well? Positioning those conversations. Um, it's super hard to do things differently to how you've always done them. That's the first thing to acknowledge. So positioning those conversations, which can often feel uncomfortable because actually what everyone's fallen in, everyone around you has fallen into is also assuming that you're okay 
with doing all of this. So mm-hmm. we have to remember to meet people where they are or or rather allow them and support them to meet us where we are. So it's about stepping away from confrontation and it needing to be about conflict and an us or them scenario. It's about actually, how do I want to feel? What support do I need? Who can help me with that or who might be able to help me with that? And how would I like to open up that conversation? Because we all live in this really numb, cut-off place of assumption. We assume that we know what everybody else is thinking. And I'm afraid we just don't until we have a conversation and check that out with them. So I would start with a conversation with yourself. Hmm. I Mm. would be, and I do this through journaling, which I'm sure we'll get on to in a minute, but... um, (laughs) I and I know you're a big journaler and you're you're like me you kind of that's how you that's how you vibe and one of your kind of big tools that you use to sort of access um what you need to know. So yeah. I would I would have a conversation myself in my journal and I would ask questions of myself. My journaling is always through the form of questions. Mm. So I might ask um how do I feel? And back in the day, I would have, when I, I can, I've got millions of journals here, I could go back and I could screenshot your pages of them that all say the same. How do I feel? Exhausted. Yeah. Angry. Like I've nothing left. Like I've no life that's my own. Those kinds of things. Get honest with yourself. Radically honest. Mm. And then ask, how do I want to feel? And make sure that when we're, so one thing I would say about, When you're asking questions in your journal, I've gone on a complete tangent now, but when you're asking questions in your journal about how you want something to be, so you're kind of looking at creating your future reality, don't fall into that trap of saying, well, I don't want to feel, I want the absence of something. Yeah. So I might have said at that point, how do I feel? Exhausted, burnt out, done in, angry or resentful. How do I want to feel? I want to feel at ease I want to feel in balance I want to feel a sense of shared um load or a sense of shared responsibility when it comes to getting kids to and from stuff um I want to feel like a great parent but I don't want to have to do everything so you start to you you can see how in a very gentle process, you can start to move yourself towards, okay, well, if that's how I want to feel, what might some of the solutions be for that? Mm. What And have a play with it. If you could wave a magic wand, what would be different? And, you know, the yeah. answer, might, answer, again, is going to vary. But back in the day, I would have said, well, actually, I want to share lifts with other parents or I want my husband to come home from work early and fucking take up the mantle for once, one night a week or whatever. <laughs> and he, so you can start to feel into what might feel good for you. And that then leads you towards who you may want to have a conversation with and how you need to convey your need in that conversation. And I would always suggest people... 
um, sit in the awareness that when we have some of these conversations, what we're asking for is change and people find change very difficult. Yeah. And they're, they're going to have a response. They're going to have a reaction. You are not in control of anybody else's reaction. You are only in control of how you respond in any given situation. So if you want to approach that conversation calmly and help that other person see how you're feeling, then you have a choice about how you do that. Yeah. Make the conscious decision to step away from conflict. The minute the conversation starts to turn sour, don't throw your toys out the pram, spit the dummy, um, slam the door, sit in calm awareness of what's taking place. Yeah. And that is some of the most uncomfortable places to be, mm. you know, to have those heavy... I always say that to to see any real change and to understand what we need, we have to usually have the hardest conversations with ourselves first because it comes without back to colluding. Every difficult conversation in our lives and businesses is going to start if we if we want to be able to approach it in that way of you know being able to be calm about the conversation and be able to really share how we feel without blame and without being passive aggressive or or anything mm. like that being able to approach in that way i think we this is the power of self-inquiry and journaling is we yeah. have to get those thoughts out somehow you can do it through therapy you can do it in journaling and i do the same i, I usually there's so many journal i'll be journaling and i'll have an idea but i'm like i need to answer this question first mm. And it's like having a great conversation with myself. And as a fellow Aquarian, I think you know that we are great at conversations. Yes. And, you know, that is, everybody listening will find their own way of being able to do that. But journaling with questions can be a really powerful tool because it is personal. It is this kind of private place. You can be radically honest, as you said, and you will be surprised what comes up. And you'll be surprised how... You'd be surprised by some of the things that you start to realize for as sure. you go through this process. For sure. And also your journal is a place where like, say you are going you say you are approaching one of those uncomfortable conversations. It's a place where you can test out your assumptions about it and witness mm. them for what they are. You don't know how that's gonna go until it's gone. You can't possibly predict the future. You can influence how that goes, but you can't know for sure. And so a journal can be a place to practice some of those conversations. I used to write reams and reams of how I might want to say a certain thing to my now ex-husband. I used to write, um, I used to use try, try out different languages or different words and see how that those felt in say, then saying them out loud. It's a place to practice. And when we practice, we start to get more comfortable with it. So that discomfort dials down a notch. Yeah. And then we become more confident with the conversation because the confidence is our perception of ourselves in that situation. So, you know, we've now practiced it enough times that we can can enter into the conversation, not knowing how it's going to turn out, but knowing how we we are going to show up. Yes. And that applies across every interaction that we have in life you know could be you could be I don't know talking to a client about boundaries and when it's okay for them to be in touch with you and when you're not working for example Um, or it could be a tricky conversation with a partner about childcare or it could be um, a conversation with your boss about what you do and do not feel comfortable about for example 
it applies to every conversation. Yeah. Um, and and there's, we don't have to just write in journals as well. We can voice note things. Um, you're super creative with your journals. I know lots of people who draw as a form of expression yeah. um, or dance. Um, and all of that is about, it's a, the, the heart of what I believe is that we, we have to connect to ourselves if we want to live truthfully. Um, we have to connect within if we want to live in alignment and in integrity with who we are. And so there's a million different tools to access our inner world, but journaling, dancing, moving, um, being with ourselves in any form is always going to strengthen that connection. Yeah. And I think part of one of the things that I talk about a lot, and I've realized it's part of my mission in my business is to help business owners in particular fully express themselves. And I think, you know, with, through journaling, writing, art, dance, whatever it may be, that is part of that expression, knowing mm. how we can have that relationship with ourselves, mm. um, as well as how that can help us have conversations and relationships outside of ourselves as well. And one of the things that I really believe is that when we feel fully expressed, it's part of that alignment and recognizing, you know, we're aligning with ourselves. It's part of that process. We're aligning with our vision, with living our life on our own terms. And as you said, not apologizing for that. And Mm. one of the things I wanted to talk about with you is that when I met you, I could feel how how unapologetically you, you are, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, there was something about your presence and I, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording. And I believe it's that anchor that you mentioned because it's the solid foundation of who you are. When I, when I visualize you, when or not, I spend time visualizing you, but you know what I mean? When I think why about the hell you, not? <laughs> I spend all my time. That is why I do. Yeah. And <laughs> when I see you online, it's the same as when I see you in person. And when I met you again, there was that, that feeling. And I'm really curious what some of, besides journaling, Mm. what are some of the tools and techniques you've adopted and that you use to live from that place of heart and soul and in alignment with your truth? That's a really great, great question. And there's so many different tools that I use. There's never going to be one solution. Um, Those tools have varied over the years um, there's no, and there's also never going to be one homogenous solution for everybody. So we've mentioned journaling. I won't go there again. But um, I began with meditation and journaling as a sort of daily practice when I was feeling at my absolute worst. I was racked with horrendous, anxious thoughts. I didn't sleep through the night. I lived in from this place of fear. And so I began with literally three minutes of meditation a day. That was all I could manage. And that was good enough for me. Um, And just a page of writing. And over time, I've then expanded and grown different tools and techniques. So I have very much surrounded myself with people who... I can resonate with their vibe and it might be people who are inspirational. It might be people who are, um, you know, say is inspirational in business, or it might be people who just, you just know the minute your souls meet that you're meant to have a conversation. Um, I surround myself with things that light me up and 
choosing to live through the lens of love and joy has been a game changer for me. So um, it's probably worth maybe sharing that my um, 17 year relationship, my marriage um, ended around 50 months ago. Super hard decision to make, super powerful. And when I came to live in my own place, um, I made the conscious choice that I was not bringing anything with me that didn't bring joy. I proper Marie Kondo'd it apart from that weird folding <laughs> thing that I can't get my head around. Um, I literally, everything in my house, everything in my work area, everything that exists in my garden, it's all stuff that bring, lights me up and make the choice to light myself up. Yeah. Now, that's going to look different for different people, but it's things like textures, colours, um, the, the altar that I have on my mantelpiece, the crystals that I work with, the oracle decks and tarot cards that I consult all the time, the feeling into the bigger picture and learning the lesson and making meaning of both amazing situations and also those challenging ones as well. I, like you, I cycle with the moon. I very much have um, learned how to read and feel into my own energy and give myself full permission. We're back to that permission thing again. To do what feels right for me in the moment. Yeah. Um, I... Every day I'm out in nature because, again, raises my vibration, raises my frequency, gets me out of my head, reminds me of the bigger perspective of life because trees keep growing and flowers keep sprouting and clouds keep moving. And if you only have to look up to understand how bloody small you are anyway, um, things like gratitude practices, um, and then I live by, I often live by specific mantras. So, when my relationship was coming to an end, I began using the mantra faith over fear. Mm -hmm. So having the trust, feeling into the faith that everything happens for us, not to us, but for us. Divine intervention is a thing and that may or may not resonate with all your listeners, but I know it will resonate with some. Um, there's bigger forces at play here than just me, myself and I in this little world. Things are yeah. going to be put in my path that are meant for me and things are going to be put in my path to help me learn and grow and it's all good. So I had this faith over fear mantra. I had I use affirmations on a regular basis. I tune in to what I most need to be telling myself and I create an affirmation about that. Um, that affirmation, that uh, mantra, faith over fear, got me through some of the darkest days of my life um, so far. And it was so important. I had a ring, a silversmith make a, a spinner ring for me with that uh, mantra on it. I then started thinking about having a tattoo. Wasn't sure what to have. I thought I might have that mantra, but I wasn't certain. Next thing is I lose my ring, oh. which shows me that I'm meant to have that mantra tattooed on my skin. And so now I do. It's on my forearm. So you probably saw it, it on the tree. Exactly. Um, and my latest mantra, like a general mantra, is it's all good. Like literally, yeah. it's all good. Whatever's happening to you in your world right now is happening for you. It's all good. In the fullness of time, we will come to understand why these things happen or why things played out as they did or why certain events unfolded in, in the way they went. 
But if we can hold true to this belief that actually it's all going to work out okay, it's all good, then we instantly change how we show up. We instantly change how we behave. We instantly change how we feel. And isn't life, isn't human experience about uh, about feeling and um, journeying and experiencing and having those incredible joyful moments and also having those moments where we've made mistakes and we've had to learn from them. Um, yeah. So that it's all good. It's all good. So the tools I would start people off traditionally are some silence or meditation, some breath, maybe some breath work and some journaling. Um, and that's, you know, that's really what prompted me to create my soul journal, which is a, a sort of way to help people establish something of a regular journaling practice, um, yeah. which has been, has proved really supportive for so many people, um, which I'm delighted by. Um, yeah, because oftentimes a blank page can be the most intimidating thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and also people and, just don't know how to start. Why would we? No one's taught us. We're not taught no. that at school. We're not taught to connect to ourselves at school. No, we're not. <laughs> we're taught to fit in. We're taught to be a robot and a lemming and to just do and be the same as everybody else. It's bullshit. Yeah. We're all meant to be different. We're meant to be unique. We're meant we're here to be unique and to bring that to the party. That's the whole point. Otherwise we would all be just AI robots by now. Exactly. And I think I, I've been thinking a lot just recently about I don't I don't know whether how why this came up. I mean there's obviously a reason. Um and I'll figure it out along the way. But one of the things that came up just recently is this idea of the things that we think are so so unbelievably important when we are younger mm. in that moment they think we think they're going to shape our entire lives not realizing in like a decade we're really mm. not going to care and I, i'm fascinated by that because there's so many things when i look back and you know at my teens and things that i was racked with almost anxiety about and worry and fear and thinking that it was so important that i had this or looked this way or did this and we carry that with us. Some mm. people, you know, there are people who will carry that with them throughout their entire life. And I think that's such a massive change is when we can start to realize those things are not important and the things that have, or not as important, they felt important at the time. We don't have to carry those things with us. They don't have to dictate how we're going to live or the people we spend our time with. It's, those little areas, I think that's the thing that I look back at in my when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, they had such an impact mm. on the choices I made. And it can it can just be we can we can choose to have different experiences. Um, but unfortunately there is that that conditioning, which mm. is happens outside of us. You know, it's not always it happens outside of us. We see it repeatedly as we get older and Oh, somebody has a young child. I'm like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> I it's hate hard, this. isn't it? It's really hard. I've, I'm growing. I'm growing two girls, and um, as much as they eye roll every time I open my mouth because I can't help but coach <laughs> them, <laughs> like, yep. like their Same mini here. clients. Um, I see that they. I do see that they are already a little bit more expansive in. 
and unapologetic about being who they are compared to how I was at that age. And I had a, yeah. I had a fantastic upbringing. I was, I was extremely yeah. privileged and loved wholeheartedly. Um, when I, and I recognize that many, many of us don't have that, but that does not um, buffer us from conditioning. No, it doesn't no matter how grateful we might be or how appreciative we might be of some of the um, ways in which we started life or things that we've experienced or the nurture that we've had. It doesn't it doesn't um, make you immune to conditioning. It's everywhere. It's on social, every social media feed, every newspaper article, every conversation that you overhear in the coffee shop. It's literally everywhere. And so that's why I, I work with my clients to help them start to make conscious choices, conscious, everything from like, what are you choosing to read? What are you choosing to listen to? What are you choosing to watch? Who are you choosing to associate with? Those friends that drain the living shit out of you. Why? Why are you still with them? Yeah. Why are they still? Why do they still get your energy? Why do they still? Why do you still gift that part of yourself to them? Why? Yeah. And and every single one of those things is something that I've in in probably in the last decade have had to or have worked through and will continue to work through there will be times when i'm sitting there thinking why am i giving you my energy why mm. am i thinking about you it's my repeating lesson this is why i'm here partly why i'm here on earth right now it is my soul's lesson to establish and maintain those bloody boundaries <laughs> <laughs> none of us well, are ever completed projects we are never done like i've done what 15 years of work inner work and i'm still going and I'll still be going till the day I'm no longer breathing. Um, and I love that. There's so much more to discover about ourselves. And we've talked a lot in this conversation about discomfort and challenges and, you know, having to make difficult choices, perhaps. That is literally just the means to step into a rich, joyful, loving, um, beautiful existence yeah it's like the fences you have the styles you have to cross on a walk the um, hoops you have to jump through to get a job even that those are means to an end yeah our means to end in life is to i believe fully allow ourselves to become who we are yeah. and we will never we will not be on our deathbeds regretting knowing who we are we may be on our deathbeds regretting all the things we didn't do i'd rather regret what i did do than what i didn't do yes exactly and i I think absolutely i mean when you talked about moving into your your house and marie condoing it and that was part of you know I, i i haven't moved into a new house but one of the things i realized is one day i kind of looked around a few years ago and was like nothing in here represents who I am. Mm. I was like, okay, but I don't know who I am. Well, this is going to be a long journey. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Right, we better get to work. And it was literally just small steps. And I think you, it's so easy to look back and say, it's just a hair color. It's just a lipstick. It's just this. And it's like, it wasn't. It no. was huge. 
for the the person the individual making that choice to show up in a different way present themselves in a different way buy something that's maybe out of their comfort zone or whatever it may look mm. like those little things if we've been conditioned to believe that that's not okay or it's you know we have to fit in and this doesn't represent you know the common the common idea of who you are or what everybody else thinks you should be it can be such a a shift but there is so much power in oh it's the power comes from those tiny steps that's what people that's it's another thing we've been conditioned to to sort of ignore um the power is in those teeny tiny steps and that's why we need this balance of the sort of um divine masculine doing divine feminine being if we can and embody our, all of our masculine um, energy towards what our feminine energy has intuitively told us, it's going to feel so much easier. And we are not going to be falling into that patriarchal trap of more, 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 push, 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 force, 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 try harder, 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 Actually, it feels easy when we are in alignment with our intuition. It feels easy when we make those conscious choices because we are if we've got if we got to that place of making a conscious choice, we already know why we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the teeny the teeny steps that that are the most powerful. Yeah. It is. And I know for me sometimes that feeling when I'm in alignment when I'm listening to my intuition, it took me some time to realize that feeling of ease was super uncomfortable as well. Yes. <laughs> because I, because if you're not used to that feeling of being in alignment, if you're not used to the, the hearing your intuition or listening to your intuition, I recognized that I would be thinking something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it took a few real, it took a few times for that to happen for me to realize, Oh no, no, nothing is wrong. I'm just not used to this this feeling i'm yeah. not just used to this feeling of ease mm. because i've been conditioned to feel like everything has to be hard absolutely and that if it's not hard it's not worth it yeah i mean honestly it just, <laughs> it just we don't deserve belief. burnout no we're not meant to be burnt out we're meant to be we're meant to have periods of um higher energy more busyness and then we're meant to fall back into that restful state that's how we're meant to live but we've forgotten that we forgot it several hundred years ago if not thousands of years ago um yeah it's just um it's it's like um i run a program at the moment called choosing me it's a program specifically for those who identify as women um and it is all about unpicking this conditioning and really recognizing where we're um, affected and influenced by that conditioning and how it's okay to choose us. It's okay. <laughs> we're allowed. We're we're important enough to choose ourselves. Um, and yeah. I would love. My biggest wish is that everybody in the world gets to know that. And gets to live from that place. It's okay to choose me because choosing me does not mean we don't choose anybody else. It does not mean we don't support our communities. It does not mean we don't give. It does not mean we don't share ourselves with people. 
it means all of that, but it means we do it from a really integral, aligned, deeply connected place, which means everyone else gets the best of us anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because we're we're giving to those places from a full cup. We're giving yes. to those places from a place where we feel nurtured and fulfilled and our needs are met. And yeah. <sighs> okay. I feel like we could talk forever, <laughs> but too. we are coming <laughs> to the end of an episode. <laughs> and I do have one very important question to ask you. And that is, what does it mean to you to be an entrepreneurial outlaw? Oh, it's like the best thing ever, isn't it? It means to fully own who you are and to do it your way. Yes. And I, I can't say it more simply than that. It sounds dead easy, doesn't it? And it's not always that easy, but it's it's to exist in a way that works for you, in a mm. way that brings you alive. And yeah. that might mean, for me, it means not not posting on so doing my own social media posts every single day. Yeah, it's my content. Yeah, it's my words. Yeah, it's my energy. But scheduling those bloody things, no thank you. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important as business owners to remember that even if you can't outsource certain things, you are able to make choices of how you work. And I think that is such a big permission slip. And when we can realize that, especially in business, that's all these things that we have in front of us, they are choices and options. Mm. Yeah, you don't it want to post not... every day. Don't post every day. The people no. who are meant to find you are going to find you because they're going to, you're going to attract their vibe, their frequency by being yeah. unapologetically you. That's the whole point. People don't buy our time, services, products, or whatever we're being entrepreneurial about, they don't buy that based on how many times a day we post. They buy it based on what we, how they vibe with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's that one connection. Yeah. So that person, there's a, there's a card in an Oracle deck and I can never for the life of me remember which, I think it's the Starseed deck. And there is a, there is like a sentence in that deck and it talks about basically showing your quirks like letting mm. your weirdness show because when you don't somebody who may also have that weirdness or that quirk will miss it yeah and you won't have that opportunity to connect over that thing because we're afraid to show it yeah and i think that whilst being able to show up quote authentically can be a privilege if we're able to do it do it like if you if you feel comfortable doing it do it because especially as business owners, it allows us to have that connection. And there are so many times in the past where I wouldn't share things or I was like, nobody cares. I had people literally hire me when I was a trainer because on my website, it talks about country music. Yeah. They're like, eh, I'm going to pick you over somebody yeah, else. Absolutely. And that's what you just said then is true. Showing up authentically, can it, it, it is a privilege. As in a lot of people don't, may not feel that they are able to do that. But the yeah. more people who do do that, the more diversity we're going to see, the more us as a collective are going to know that difference is okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your wisdom today and for taking the time to sit down with me and have this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. And I know that everyone is going to get so much from this conversation. Before we wrap up, where can everybody find you online so that they can connect with you and learn more about your retreats, programs, journal, everything that you do? Um, probably the most central place is my website. Um, so that is alinightcoaching.com. Um, I'm also on Insta and Facebook on uh, as Ali Knight Coaching. Um, you know, it does what it says on the tin and all that. Um, but... I would say have a look at the website first and do, you know, come and have a conversation with me. People can book 30 minutes chat to just talk things over. Um, yeah. You know, that that's your tiny step. If you feel cool, if you feel drawn towards any of this kind of work, that's your tiny step. It's there. Take it up. It's on a plate. Have it. Um, but I have absolutely loved having this conversation with you. I feel like I have... Um, segued all over the place um but usually we find that that happens for a reason just like everything else hey we started off talking about the speed of books i think yeah. that, <laughs> and we got to the end and i think that that is the point i think exactly. it was, yeah it was great thank you so much and we'll make sure that everything is linked in the show notes so outlaws when you're listening make sure um head over to the show notes show notes excuse me And you'll be able to find all of Ali's information there, her website, links to her social media as well, so you can get in touch. And I recommend that 30 minutes. Thank you so (laughs) much for having me, Melanie. It is a real joy to connect with you, as always. I love your podcast, so um, it's a real um, honour to be invited on. Well, what did I tell you, Outlaws? An incredible conversation all the way from speed reading and how it breeds toxic productivity all the way down to what it means to be an entrepreneurial outlaw for Ali. I hope that you have enjoyed listening into our conversation as much as I enjoyed recording, chatting and listening back to it. It was such a joy to sit down with Ali knowing how her how her experiences have helped me knowing that when I met her as I said at the beginning of this she just has this presence about her that really I really deeply connected to on a soul level and I you know getting to chat with somebody who has really inspired me in having these hard conversations myself I know that you can get so much from it. So make sure you go and check out the show notes to follow Ali on social media. um, Or as she said, go to her website because that is a great central point to get everything you need. She's one of these people that actually has her website up to date because I don't. And that is why right now I am actually working on the behind the scenes of my website. So we're going to be making some changes over here, Outlaws. Everything listening to the podcast if you listen through my website will be exactly the same but we are making some changes in the coming weeks and i will be launching a new website in may surprise surprise um 
So as you have known for a while, I've been talking about my books and my journals and planners and really evolving that part of my business. And we are in the throes of doing all of that behind the scenes stuff, figuring out what pages we need and writing all of the copy because in May we will be launching, relaunching really, I guess, the website. And you will see a big focus on my books and my journals and planners, but also some other really, really fun stationary related products that we will be launching. So I'm not going to say any more than that. I'm just going to kind of tease you right now. I know that's that's really gimmicky, but I'm just going to tell you, we are going to be launching that in May and I will be sharing more in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. Um, you'll also find more on Instagram and um, you can always follow along on Pinterest as well, where I am sharing regular updates over there. Anyway, that is all I have to really share with you for this week. Um, happy April, by the way. I am really glad to have this new month and to really be diving into what feels like a very nice spring time. Definitely doing some spring cleaning over here in the business. Would love to know what you're working on at the moment. Please come over to Instagram, say hello. It is entrepreneurial underscore outlaws over there. And if you have not yet signed up for your free nurture tracker, you can find this in the show notes or on Instagram. If you go to the link in the bio, um, head over to that link. You can grab a copy of the nurture tracker for free. And then we get to hang out in your inbox every single week and you get to decide how often that will happen. So I send emails twice a week on a Monday, usually, and a Thursday. That always happens. <laughs> and you can tell which one I'm not always in control of. The one that goes out every day, every week, like cockwack. Um, and you get to decide how often you hear from me and you can always update those preferences at any time. But I would love to be able to come and hang out with you in your inbox because I really enjoy writing my emails and really, really love that I get to share so much of myself in that way. So if you want more and you want to make sure you get all these shop updates and that you get to hear more when the website goes live, go grab that nurture track and get on the list and um, we will be in touch. But until next time, Outlaws. I'll see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws, 